The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And uh, we're going to discuss this week's edition of AEW Dynamite. Starting off as we always do with Stock Up, Stock Down. Stock Up, Stock Down. Sorry, Joel, was that really loud? <laughs> really loud. <laughs> I can see it in your face. But um, yeah, let's start with like, what, the first 30 minutes of the show here? Because it we kind of got some really interesting things here uh, to kick off Dynamite. And we had a very brief segment with Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole. And Kenny Omega looking a little bit like a sad boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, so I think we all kind of knew that Kenny was going to be taking some time off to recover from his various injuries and just take a well-deserved break. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting that they actually like acknowledged it on air and then also like kind of took a look at some tension between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega, which was interesting with Adam Cole being like, don't worry, I got this. And then Kenny's like, actually I was talking to the bucks. So you know, it's it's interesting because the Bucks are kind of the in-between of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones who have the relationships with everybody else. They're the linchpins of the entire elite, uh, formerly Bullet Club uh, organization. So I think it's cool that they're kind of still being positioned in that way, where clearly, like, they're connected to Adam Cole, but Adam Cole and Kenny Omega aren't necessarily pals, And I like that dynamic because it sets up Adam Cole to kind of take over here. Mm -hmm. And then for Kenny to come back and be like, what are you doing? Like, this is not what I wanted. And I'm going to have to kick your ass now. And that's a match I really want to see. Yeah, yeah, that could be really fun. And they keep kind of teasing this stuff with um, Bobby Fish, too. And with the rumors that like Kyle O'Reilly might be on his way out of NXT at some point, like you could really come up with a fun dynamic of kind of the undisputed era kind of taking over the elite a bit. And then Kenny coming back and be like, yo, bro, I don't like fish. Like, get the fuck out of here. I also really <laughs> liked that uh, Bobby Fish was about to say, and that's undisputed. <laughs> and they cut him off and they're like, no, 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 you can't say that here. Can't say that here. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I love how they like, they, they poke the bear, man. They know what they're doing. So, um, but yeah, th- this is going to be really fun. And also just kind of, we've talked about before, like the roster's really, really has a ton of depth right now. It's really stacked. So Kenny being gone for a little bit, Moxley being gone for a little bit. Um, Jericho's going on tour with Fozzie, thank God, <laughs> in December. Um, so we're going to have, you know, some of these big players out of the picture and hopefully it gets us some new faces and new spots and some new opportunities, new matches and whatnot. So and I, for one, kind of want to see Adam Cole with the the elite spotlight on him for for a while because we know how talented he is, and he's kind of kind of played you know a a you know supporting role here since he came to AEW, and he's definitely talented enough to be featured. So if we get more Adam Cole, I'm not I'm not going to complain. So this segment led directly into the National Cowboy Shit Day celebration. Did you get off of work for that, Joel? I didn't get off work or f- work for that. I did not either, but I am also not a cowboy. So I don't know if you know <laughs> yeah. that maybe has something to do with it. Um, but yeah, so I, mean, I thought this was a really fun 
um, segment. And then it was, you know, quickly interrupted by the number one contender, Brian Danielson. And I thought like he was kind of a dick. Yeah, very, very <laughs> heelish. And I, I reflected on like how he's been since he came in to AEW. And he's kind of been a dick since day one. Yeah. It's just previously his dickishness was aimed at a heel. So he read more babyface, And now mm-hmm. his dickishness is aimed at the hero of the people. So it's a really seamless transition into Brian Danielson working complete shit heel. And yeah. I really dug the way he wormed his way out of having the match you know, in Virginia, in yeah. front of the the home crowd for Adam Page. I thought that was really artfully done. Yeah, there's a fine line between, like, confident babyface and arrogant heel. Like, like they're kind of the same character when you look at it. So, but some of the lines thrown back and forth in this mat, uh, this promo, like Hangman Page talking about um, how he didn't need 30 minutes to beat Kenny Omega. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, and just, like, Seeing seeing Hangman just kind of calm and and like in control of his promo, like I thought this was a really good um, effort here from Hangman Page because we've kind of talked about sometimes he hasn't been the best or most confident on the mic, and he was just kind of in control, kind of his laid back kind of cowboy persona. So I, I thought this worked a lot, and I'm really excited for this match. And just kind of like I remember seeing online and and talking with some of my friends, like man. We're going to have a face Danielson versus a face page. No, no, they're 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 till that line with Dan. Like Danielson could be done with this feud and then immediately go back to being, you know. The the face version of this very easily, like it's well, very I think, fluid. I think he's carved out a character where that character does not have to change at all to go protagonist or antagonist. And it's a really nice setup because he can just continue to work that same character for a while and it allows him to seamlessly move between fighting against you know people that the crowd wants to cheer and fighting against people that the crowd wants to boo and Mm -hmm. that's kind of the ideal spot for someone like danielson who you know yes he's really really good he's putting on amazing matches but you gotta think his career is kind of winding down like do we think he has five years left do we think he has three years left um, it's hard to say, and he's got the long history of different injuries and things. So mm-hmm. you want to get the most out of him as possible while you can and having him in this fluid role where he can fight anyone is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like, <laughs> I don't know. We don't know when this match is going to be. It could be at the January, I think what fifth Supercard, or I, I doubt they dragged this out to revolution. That just seems like it'd be too far. They've so, also historically done a big show at yeah. the beginning of December before the holidays mm-hmm. happen to kind of the winter, the winter's coming show, and, right? They yeah. That so that was year. where they had sting debut. That was also where Kenny, Kenny won the title. Yeah. Uh, so, and in their first year, they had a big December mm-hmm. show right before the holidays. So it's, it's somewhat of a tradition at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that match main event, whatever that yeah. show is this year. Yeah. And I remember last year they had a string of really big shows. Cause I guess the ratings the year before over Christmas were pretty bad <laughs> just the, like the entire month of December. So um wouldn't be surprised if we have like a string of super cards. And we also had the Brody Lee tribute show last year too. 
that's true. Um, thrown in there as well. Um, but I, I also find it interesting that like Danielson's just going to take out each member of the Dark Order one by one over the next few weeks. I dig um, it. Yeah. And this match with Evil Uno was was fun. Poor Evil Uno. He got his head kicked in. And I loved Danielson framing it because of you, Hangman Page. I kicked his head in. Like, it's just, it's just really good. And this match was fun. Uh, these guys worked really well together. And even Luna has such a weird, unique style, man. Just the way like he even runs the ropes just looks different. It's fun. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan of his work. And I'm reminded every time he has a singles match, just how freaking good he is. I, I feel like he and Grayson haven't really gotten a proper run in the tag division. And I'm really looking forward to that because Uno and Grayson are one of the most entertaining tag teams Partially because Stu Grayson is way stronger than he looks. Not that <laughs> he doesn't look beast. strong, but he like hoists somebody up in the air. And it's like, how like that person's twice your size and you're doing that mm-hmm. like it's nothing. He's got a lot of power. It reminds me of Cesaro. Like when you would see Cesaro do something, oh, yeah. it's like it does not look like he should be able to do that. Uh, but he's got that kind of strength in his system. And I like the dynamic that they have as a tag team. So I'd really like to see them get a run at some point, especially since they've been with the company since the beginning. Yeah. So I'm, they had that initial run where we were all like, what's going on with them? And then once Brody Lee came in, they kind of took a backseat um, to Brody Lee's goals and ambitions. So um, yeah, it would definitely cool to see them get, get into the title picture again. And, you know, they seem to be, kind of part of this hangman storyline for the foreseeable future. So um, we'll have to see, but yeah, love me that man. Remember they used to, what they, they, they're the super smash brothers on the Indies. Yeah, that was who that they were on the Indies major copyright. Yeah. They had there. to change that real quick. <laughs> super duper fast. So especially because like Nintendo is so litigious about that kind of stuff. Like, Oh, they, they're they up there so fast. <laughs> they're up there with Disney in terms of like how, possessive they are tightly they grip onto their intellectual property so i'm surprised they didn't get a letter before like because they only changed when they joined aew like well yeah but i mean you know on the indies it's kind of the wild wild west you know people come out to popular songs that are like billboard top 40 (laughs) and nobody's seeing any royalties from that like no it's you know I dude, I love me some indie shows. I need to go to another indie show. <laughs> All right. uh, I think we need to move on here, Joel. Um, I think one of the the better matches, and you know what? I got my my full gear pick wrong. I should have I I should have picked the faces to win because I knew the heels were gonna get their win back, their wins back. Because Nyla Rose upset Hukaru Shido tonight. I was a little mm-hmm. surprised by this. You said pre-show that you thought this was the right cause. So Joel, why don't you dive into why you think that is? Yeah, so I didn't expect this, but I did think it was the correct move. Um, Hikaru Shida has had a lot of big moments, and she's had her big title run. Nyla Rose really hasn't gotten any big wins since she dropped the title to Shida. Mm-hmm. And you can't continue to use her effectively as a monster within the division unless she's getting wins and going over in a big match. And we just haven't seen that in quite a while. You know, Shida's title reign was a year long, And that's a long time 
for for Nyla to not really have any big wins. You add mm-hmm. on to that that she hasn't had any big wins during the DMD era. And we're talking like a year and a half at this point since Nyla Rose was really relevant within the division. Getting mm-hmm. a big win over Hikaru Shida here really elevates her back into that picture and makes her someone that we have to take more seriously moving forward. So just in terms of rehabilitating her as a competitor within the division, I felt like this was really, really important. I didn't think they were going to do it just mm-hmm. because Sheeta doesn't lose very often and had you know recently lost to Serena Deeb. But the way they did it with highlighting the injury and the interference uh, allowed Nyla to get that big, important win without killing Sheeta's heat. Yeah, and I think... It- kind of the way to you can like ah, i'm stumbling on my words here the fact that nyla rose is was also on the cusp of 50 wins like it does, doesn't feel like she's done that much so the fact that she got her 50th win here too um advances in the tournament we i she just pried up the point where she can handle a few losses and not be completely derailed it also seems like this this feud with serena deeb is going to continue which i'm all for because like we talked about, we don't have enough non-title feuds in the women's division. So if we get this continued, you know, shit, dastardly shit, nasty heel from uh, Deeb with Cheetah, I think that's that's a positive. Um, and also, I liked Vicky getting the kendo stick. Like we don't see we don't see Vicky bump a lot, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I love a manager turning to run away and just falling flat on their face. Like. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Really, really good work. And props to her because like she did not protect herself like overly on that bump. She took it like a champ Uh, and then to get, you know, smacked with the kendo stick on top of it. You know, that was was pretty legit. But I I liked her involvement as a manager in this match in general. I thought she was really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I agree with you. I think this sets up Deeb and Sheeta to continue feuding. And I think that's a good thing for everybody concerned. Yeah. And then just like looking at the bracket right now. So Rose will face the winner of Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. Either match, I think, would be amazing. We would get to see the the rematch of Rose and Statlander where Statlander doesn't isn't dying. <laughs> like, like yeah. that's a match that we never really got to see what it what it could have been. And then also Ruby Soho, you know, that just would be super fun to see those two work. Yeah, I'm beginning to lean really hard that Ruby Soho needs to win this tournament and be the inaugural champion. I just think it makes the most sense. And um, I I think that's the thing I'm most interested in seeing. Yeah. I think if Tony, Tony Khan has said that he wants the TBS title to essentially be what the TNT title has been for the men's division. And I interpret that as the work, the workman's belt, you know, like go out there. God, the TNT championship. I think we, we, a few weeks ago, we noted it's defended like at a two and two and a half times rate as the main championship. So if you put someone with Ruby Soho's skill set out there and say, okay, you have this belt for five months, just go defend it like crazy. Um, I think we're just, it's just going to raise, you know, the floor of this division. Um, so yeah, I, either way, I, I think that next round is going to be super fun with Nyla Rose and whoever she faces. So agreed. Well, this was kind of a typical, after pay-per-view show so there wasn't a ton of really significant stuff going on so we're gonna go ahead and jump right into lightning round lightning round hey joel let's let's stick with the women's division here real quick um because we had a couple of video uh, interview segments back you know video segments 
Uh, I thought the Jade Cargill Red Velvet like promo video was really, really good. Um, highlighting their history together, which they really have been kind of intertwined for almost a year now. And that match, I believe, is what on Rampage this week, which should main event so, yeah. Rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited for that match, A, because, you know, the story's been building for a long, long time. And B, I'm just I'm excited to see their progress because they've wrestled at numerous times over the last year. We've seen their development each time get a little, you know, they've improved and and whatnot. So to see, you know, where they are now, it's it's exciting. Yeah, they're kind of in the zone of being featured heavily on Dark and Elevation. And we see them intermittently on the main shows. And as a result, they are better every time you see them on those main shows because they've been getting reps in that, you know, because we don't watch Dark and Elevation, for the most part, we're, we're not watching. So uh, I agree. I'm excited for this one. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And also to the... I love Britt Baker saying, we don't say Thunder Rosa. Don't say that name around us. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was just really funny. Um, I actually could see Hater winning that match in devious ways that could potentially set up a Thunder Rosa Britt Baker story here soon. There's been talks that they want to do something like that. It's probably one of the biggest matchups you could get in the women's division right now. You know, we love their lights out match earlier this year. So, um, I, I like this tournament because they're using it to spin off other stuff too. It's not just yeah. here's a tournament and now we're done. Like there's, there's been stuff that you can take from every match and say, okay, we can reference this later and use it in other stories, which is great. And we've seen a couple of times now snippets of Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa going after each other in various tag matches. Mm-hmm. And to see them in a singles match is going to be really fun because they appear to have really good chemistry. And I'm excited to, to see this matchup in full. All right, so, Joe, what do you got for me? Uh, my favorite, I guess you could call it a promo of the night, uh, was CM Punk walking out, refusing (laughs) to shake MJF's hand, smirking at him and walking backstage. Uh, (laughs) Just laughed at him. (laughs) This was a classic less is more kind of situation Mm -hmm. because there is nothing that CM Punk could have said to tear down MJF or insult him or, or try to raise his hackles more than simply ignoring him and being like, (laughs) dude, you're, you're not, worth my time but oh well i guess this is happening and you know mjf did such an amazing job of making himself look silly while being totally serious and earnest about it like Mm -hmm. it completely fits with his character that he would jump on the mic hold his hand out and just introduce himself and be like maxwell (laughs) (laughs) i just found that hilarious i love that segment it it was a very unique way because like usually you know we get a lot of feuds that's just like, hey, I don't like you. Oh, I'm I'm the best talker here. Blah, 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 blah. So it's just I, I like just this the very simple to the like, hey, you're not basically saying you're not worth my fucking time, which is just just fucking brutal. Yeah. The, it, so many things were said by him just turning away yeah. and walking backstage. But what I took away from it was like, get out of here, you goofy motherfucker. Yeah. Do you, do you remember when Jericho came back to WWE a few, like, God, maybe 10 years ago, and he didn't talk for, like, the first six weeks? Yeah. All he did was, like, come. I would love if this is just CM Punk, like, just silently fucking with MJF for, like, the next month. 
Well, like, then Seth Rollins <laughs> tried to do that too when they were trying to turn him heel, but the crowd desperately wanted to cheer for him when mm-hmm. he made his comeback after his uh, knee injury. And uh, yeah, it's it's always an interesting tactic. And uh, I especially enjoy when someone comes out with a microphone and acts <laughs> like they're going to talk and they keep <laughs> holding it, it up and then just kind of sighing and, and not talking. And, and I, there's so much fun that can be had with it. And there's such a great tradition within pro wrestling of, of doing these kind of segments. So I'm excited to see where this one goes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my next item, I really like the Eddie Kingston 2.0 yes. segment. With just sad boy Eddie <laughs> and then Daniel Garcia basically like, I lasted longer than you did with CM Punk. Like, that's all you need. That's all you need for Eddie to be like, fuck these guys. I'm going to kill you. Well, and I loved Eddie being like, you're a grown man letting these two guys call you their son. I don't respect you for that. <laughs> it was so, so funny. Like, And honestly, this Danny Garcia and, and, and Eddie Kingston will be a hell of a match. Like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Super excited for that. But, and I'm glad that Eddie's like still going to be featured, you know, like he could have easily not been on this show. You know, like we see that a lot with pay-per-views is sometimes you lose and you're not, you're not on the next show. So, um, I kind of like that. He's, he's still in it here. Um, and yeah, this, this match should be, should be super fun. Side note. I saw someone on Twitter space say, it's funny that CM Punk and Daniel and Danielson have come like kind of shitheads after they faced Eddie Kingston, <laughs> like, <laughs> like something about the experience so of true. wrestling Eddie Kingston just makes you a little harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could, you know, that totally makes sense. Um, uh, <laughs> so we had chaos tonight. We did on dynamite. Not tonight, two nights ago. Cause we're recording this on Friday, mm-hmm. but uh Yeah. Ishii in an AEW ring and doing Ishii things, which was so much fun. Ishii things are the best things, Joel. They're painful looking things. And, and he, he just, because he doesn't look, you know, he's not tall. He's not super muscular. He's just this cannonball of pain that's just going to come beat your ass. And I've seen him at like indie shows, WrestleCon and stuff. And you can see like people who don't a hundred percent know who he is just kind of like, look, Oh, whatever. Okay. This is a popcorn match. Then like five minutes into the match, like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Ishii (laughs) makes up for what he lacks in like physical imposing Mm -hmm. like presence with the way that he moves his countenance, that kind of lumbering walk with his body slightly hunched forward and you know, that intense look on his face. I really, really like the way that he works. And I thought the contrast between he and Orange Cassidy in this match was really fun. Like Orange would get tagged and it's like, okay, this is goofy time now. And hands in pockets and jumping over people and all kinds of that. And then you have Ishii getting tagged in and just beating the hell out of people. (laughs) And uh, I, I really, really liked it. And I enjoyed that they established who he is right away Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the match by him being like, hit me and just taking shots over and over again in the middle of the ring and being like, okay, cool. I'm gonna hit you now. Yeah. And and I, apparently the butcher has been on tour with what God, what's the band's name? Every time I die, every time I die. And apparently he took like, they, they move things around so he could come do this match because he wanted to face Ishii, which I just think is super cool. 
Um, cause it seems a little random, the bla- butcher and the blade. Um, and we haven't seen the butcher in a while. So, um, that was great. And also commentary was name dropping a lot of NJPW people. You know, they name dropped a lot of chaos, but they also name dropped Jay White because Ishii uh, defeated him for the was it never open mm-hmm. championship last week. So uh, I don't think this is the last NG- NJPW uh, Forbidden Door stuff we're going to see. But yeah, I love this combination. It was super fun. Um, was that was that yours? That was, or was that me. OK, um, let's see. Oh, uh, the. Shit. Uh, the acclaimed versus Dante Martin and Leo Rush. A super fun, just once again, incredible stuff from Leo Rush and Dante Martin. But I want to talk about Team Taz coming out, cutting their promo, basically saying, Hey, Dante, you got a spot with us if you want it. Um, so I always like little recruitment storylines if they're not dominating the the airwaves, but this seems really cool. And if this leads to a match between like Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Dante Martin, Leo Rush. Like, I think Leo Rush might be thrown out of the arena by <laughs> by, by Powerhouse Hobbs, just straight into the air and through the roof. But um, it's nice to see Dante Martin getting involved in you know these real storylines as of late. He's such a such a star, and just continuing to highlight him is awesome. Well, the, the crowd is responding to Dante Martin similarly to how they responded to Darby Allen in the early days of mm-hmm. AEW, where it's like, we have never seen someone who moves like this. And that's just as true about Dante Martin as it was about Darby Allen back then. Mm-hmm. Dante is so arresting in the ring because you just never know what he's going to pull out and how he's going to flip and turn his body in a way that just makes no sense to the laws of physics. So uh, I am up for anything that puts him on TV more. And honestly, I know that the the kind of knock on him is that he's not great on the mic, but I don't know that that's true. We've only heard him on the mic a couple of times and he wasn't terrible in either of those instances. I think give him some reps and help him, define his character more than I'm young and excited and happy to be here. And mm-hmm. I think you've got something really special. Yeah. The promo he did before Malachi black kicked his head in or no spit on him. I can't remember what he did. Either way. Um, that promo was really strong. And I also like how we kind of thought the Leo rush Dante Martin pairing was maybe Leo rush had some, you know, other motives than just helping him out, you know, kind of maybe ride his coattails, but with the way they were positioned tonight, no, it seems like they're actually, you know, a pairing that that could last a long time, like mutually beneficial. So, um, you know, it, it's great because if you need a win, call Team Taz because you will get wins because Team Taz never <laughs> Team Taz never fucking wins. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true. <laughs> what What do you got for me, dude? Um, honestly, I I think that's about it. Um, I enjoyed actually, you know, I do have one more thing. Uh, I I think and I know caveats galore. This was a pre-taped segment and he's, you know, right there with his buddy Christian holding things down. I think we actually got a pretty decent Jungle Boy promo. Uh, it, it wasn't like amazing, but it didn't make me take him less seriously. And I think that's progress. While I shaved my beard, what's here is still here. Like, <laughs> I think that's a bit 
that's a bit rough, dude. I, I, I think it was better than that. And, uh, you know, it's got to, it, it has to happen, right? For him to truly become a star, he needs to be able to talk. And the only way to do that is to get reps. So yeah, I think- You gotta get the reps. You know, for it him It wasn't being, so much the delivery of that line. I just thought the line was stupid. It's a little bit corny, but hello, Jurassic Express is a little bit corny. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Also, can we all just take a moment to be sad for Marco stunt that he's been usurped by Christian Cage? Oh, <laughs> like ever since Christian came along, Marco stunt's not around. And don't even get back on your Marco stunt hobby horse no, because I know I know you've come around on him I've, as a performer. Joel, I've come around on on Marco stunt, but it's Christian. Of course, I'm gonna choose Christian. 10 out of 10 times over Marco's done. <laughs> We've talked that Christian is my favorite wrestler. <laughs> like, so no, I, I will not feel bad for this. I will not feel bad for this. All right. Um, you got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, uh, two things. Who actually believes Billy Gunn is the biggest and baddest AEW has to offer? <laughs> I know he's a heel and that's what you got to do, but that was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he might be the biggest. It's possible. He's very large. He is very large, but get the fuck out of here, Billy. Like, man, Darby goes from feuding with MJF to dealing with, like, even his response is like, all right, whatever. I guess we can do this. <laughs> He's like, I got I nothing really better to that. do. <laughs> I love that. Fuck the gun club. Um, and then, and then two, uh, we didn't really talk about it, but the main event, um, Little disappointed. I expected a way better match between Jay Lethal and Sammy Guevara because we've seen them do better matches and and crazier stuff than this. This this just didn't it just didn't hit. Yeah, I think it's time to do that sports pundit thing where you're like, I know it's only one match, but (laughs) this match really made me question like, is Jay Lethal worth the baggage? And he's someone whose career I've I've watched a fair amount of going back to Impact and his time in Ring of Honor. And I've always had a lot of esteem for his in-ring work. Uh, and I loved what he did paired with Jonathan Gresham. But I don't know. It just, this kind of felt like he got exposed a little bit in this match that he's not on the same level as a lot of the talent in terms of in-ring work uh, that are already in AEW. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see if if he was kind of a big fish in a small pond, you know, in Ring of Honor the last few years, especially once AEW started because talent just started leaving some of these indies to go to AEW. So, um, we'll we'll see. Um, maybe our expectations were just too high for this match because how much we love Sammy and from an in ring side standpoint, how much we love Jay Lethal. So, you know, you're right. It is just one match, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes from here. But damn, dude, that was a nice quickie. Quick, short match. That match fucking show. I can't talk. (laughs) Uh, You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. Twitter at OWS underscore pod. Joel at The Other Joel. Me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can follow the podcast on Spotify, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you get it. We're there. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Uh, You can email us at TheOtherWrestlingShow at gmail.com. And... Joel, anything to say before you go on vacation? Do you know what you do when you beat Mike in pay-per-view picks? You join the Dark Order. I got too cute. 
Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.